Hello and welcome everyone to the Asian Youth Voices Radio Podcast. I'm Ozen Tong. And I'm Jazen Tong. And we are your hosts for this special Asian Voices Radio episode, where we discuss any and all topics related to life growing up as Asian and Pacific Islander Americans. On today's show, we're going to be discussing Asian horror movies and fun recipes for spooky Halloween snacks for your Halloween party needs. Hey, tell us who we have on the show today as a guest, Austin, someone that can help us obviously with these spooky Halloween recipes, because I know for the life of us, you and I cannot cook. <laughs> that's that's pretty true. Uh, joining us today on the program is the host and producer of Asian Voices TV show. She's also known as the Korean Food Ambassador and is also the host and producer of PBS's Kathleen's Korean Kitchen. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Well, we're glad to have you on here. You obviously are one of the most accomplished chefs that we know personally. So could you help tell us your ideas of what would be a great idea or theme snacks for Halloween parties? Actually, I have been developing some of my uh, own personal recipes for Halloween. But some of the most popular ones and fun ones to make, uh, which is stew, <laughs> which is basically delicious chili that is very nutritious, healthy with a lot of vegetables and ground turkey, which I use instead of ground beef. Ground turkey is a lot healthier. Ground turkey and chili? That's that's unheard of. I, I've never had ground turkey and chili. I got to try it, though. Is is would, would you say it's better than ground beef or... They taste a little different, as you know, the difference between turkey, white meat, and the red meat. But because red meats, if you consume too much of them on a daily basis, it's not good for your heart health. And also in the witch's stew, I incorporate some tofu because some are vegetarians and they don't eat meat. That's true. You know, I never really think about vegetarians when I'm making food or snacks for a party, mainly because a lot of our, our, our friends are usually carnivores and meat eaters. So I don't really think about vegetarian recipes. I also like to make for kids sometimes edible brain. Edible brains? It's actually white jello oh. that you can make. Yeah, using a plastic brain mold that I got from the party city. <laughs> and then the broken fingers made from sausages. That's kind of fun. I know it's spooky and kind of gory to look at. But again, it's made from sausage. So it's good. It looked like in the picture that there was a bone in it. Do you like carve out a hole and actually stick in like what, like a chicken bone or something to give it that look? Or is it like some sugar cane or something like that? Hey, that's a great idea, actually. A little savory and sweet with a sugar cane. That's a good idea. It's actually easier to stick it with something that's a little firmer. I actually use rice cake. Rice cake. Okay, that's very, very Asian right there. Uh-huh. Initially, it's soft, but then after a while, it gets harder. And I bake it in the oven, and it just uh, got a good chewy taste to it. <laughs> so I like that. And then the other one that is popular is deviled eggs. A lot of people know how to make deviled eggs. They're delicious, nutritious. If you don't use too much mayonnaise, I sometimes like to mix half and half the mayonnaise and also sour cream, light sour cream. And then, of course, the black olives, edible spider garnishes placed on top of the eggs. So that's fun. And, you know, despite all the parties I've ever been to, no one has ever served deviled eggs for me. Well, I mean, hopefully I could try some if you ever decide to make any. Yeah, well, I'll make for you sometime. <laughs> 
you know what I'm also actually really curious about? There was that one eyeball, the the eyeball. That looks so realistic. I'm assuming you also use ground turkey for that as well. Oh, you mean the ones around the eyes eyeballs? Yeah, because I'm wondering how you got the eyelid part around what looked like the eyeball. Because I'm assuming you probably use, you know, uh, rice cake for that as well too, right? Yes, it's rice cake. It's white and you just make it round. However, you had some little bit of a foot coloring. It's because it has to be a little stringy. Uh, marinated squid that is sliced up. Oh, I do like squid. I like calamari. I'd actually be pretty squeamish with the eye just because of the fact that I don't like things near my eye. A lot of people keep telling me, why don't you ever get contacts, Osden? Why do you always keep wearing glasses? Well, first off, it's a nice accessory, but also just because I can't fathom putting something in my eye, which is why I am I probably would steer clear of the eye dish, but I'd also be very fascinated just looking at it because it's like almost lifelike looking. I know it's scary, but you know what? It's Halloween. Come on. You got to make it a little bit, you go extra mile to make it a little bit more spookier, right? Maybe next time you just close your eyes and pop it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do for vegetables when I was a kid. Yeah, this is for all the people that are scrambling for their Halloween party uh, favor snacks. You know, Miss Kathleen Choi is going to help you guys out. She's going to put it on her website. Check it out in case you guys need to make a very last minute party and we're going to invite all your guests. Wow them with all that stuff that she's helping you out with, guys. You know, it's also a trend I notice people do at Halloween parties aside from making Halloween themed food. I've been to a couple Halloween parties where people will play horror movies in the background, which a really, uh, really common one that I've seen is people playing Hocus Pocus from the Disney Channel, which I heard they're making a, se- a sequel movie for that. But what it would be like if we had played actual really scary movies during a Halloween party. Do you know what I mean? One of the things that I really like to do is go to these haunted places in and around San Diego, as well as some in Orange County and L.A. And I've stayed at a couple of places where it's known to be haunted with paranormal activities. Wait, okay, so when you say you're going to actually haunted places, you're not saying like a spooky, oh, people in costumes popping out and you haunted. People actually died in these buildings with mysterious murders or or brutally being murdered and and all that. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Wow, okay. That that takes a lot of guts because Oz and I always talk about wanting to see these uh, paranormal places and wanting to stay the night, but we end up just chickening out after a while, so... Which places have you stayed in that are regarded as the most haunted? Well, one of the most haunted places, I believe is the top 10 most haunted places uh, known for frequent ghost sightings and paranormal activities happening in different parts of the ship. You know about Queen Mary, right? Oh, yes. We, we know about the Queen Mary. One of the, I think it's dubbed the most haunted ship in the entire world, if not... The U.S. You know, there's nothing scarier than person experience. It happened to me when I was in Paris traveling with a friend. And I was in college at that time. We did a tour of a whole place, um, you know, throughout Paris. And we went to other parts of France as well. But in particular, we were staying at a bed and breakfast inn. And it was just like in a remote area in Paris. Very old, very historical. It was a two-story building. And uh, there was nothing inside the room except for two beds. And I still remember the first night I'm in the bed 
and there was this like wind and then a little sound that I hear. And I open my eyes, slowly open my eyes, and I see this large shadowy figure with a like a cloak and a hat. What? Coming inside the room from the window, and it was coming slowly over me. And I, it was just a shadow. Um, there was no form. I couldn't see the face or anything, but I can tell from the shadow, right? It was uh, somebody from the, I don't know, 16th, 17th century, maybe, or even later. As it got closer, I just closed my eyes. The next thing I heard was a rustling noise on my left side of the bed, which, again, my other friend was sleeping in. So I opened my eyes and I saw her crawling on the floor and coming up on my bed. Oh, Huh. Wait, when you say your roommate was crawling, like, do you mean like on all fours, like kind of like a spider? Why would she crawl up like that? I feel like that would scare me more. Yeah, she was just crawling in and she was like kind of scared. She was muttering something and I couldn't hear her. And then she was like kind of half uh, sobbing, I think. Yumi is her name, I remember. And she was like saying, oh, can I sleep next to you on the bed? I said, I had a nightmare. And I said, so what happened? He says, oh, I just, I saw this like scary, large shadowy figure coming in the room and coming towards us. I'm like, oh my God, I felt goosebumps all over my body. And I could not sleep a wink that night until it got bright, which was around 4 a.m., 5 a.m. I bet she didn't sleep the next night though. <laughs> when you said, yeah, I saw it too. She's like, oh God. We need to get a different hotel. Yes. So I waited and waited until my friend finally woke up like around eight o'clock. <laughs> and then I asked her, do you remember what happened? And she's like, yeah, I had a nightmare. Thanks for letting me sleep next to you. And I, and I said, well, do you want me to tell you something uh, scarier? <laughs> and she's like, what? And I told her I had the same exact dream. Now, was that a dream or was it real? If we both saw it, what was what's that mean? And so she's like, wow, she thanked me for not saying anything and letting her sleep because otherwise she would have freaked out and not be able to sleep at all. Back then, we are students, okay? And we didn't have a lot of money with us. And our host family uh, that sponsored us on our trip to Switzerland, prior to that, he actually paid for the whole trip for us in Paris so it was all paid for so we were like okay should we stay here or should we move out then we thought let's just find out you know if every, anybody else is uh, experiencing this so we went down for breakfast and then we called the manager and he was saying oh yeah that we've been uh, there have been reports of ghostly sightings of monks and shadowy figures from different centuries, supposedly, wandering in and around the room and in the area. I'm like, what? <laughs> so he said, oh, but they're harmless. They won't do anything. There's not been any uh, other incidents. So we're like, okay, we look at each other and say, so what should we do? And uh, I said, well, if it happens again, then we move. If, it, if not, we stay. <laughs> but what we did is like, we bought like alcohol. <laughs> I don't know what's the say but we just like drank to the point where we passed out so we can't you know remember right i feel like i would have done the exact same but with like marijuana so i would have been so high that if i did see it i'd just been like whoa that's what i thought too i mean when i first looked at glance at her bed she wasn't nobody was on the bed and then the noise coming from the floor it was like wood floor 
and then I, I I got up a little bit and looked at on the floor and she was just like an old four. I still remember. And I thought, oh, is she sleepwalking? But no, she was just like, oh my God, Calvin, I'm scared. And when she kind of come up the bed, you know, she was climbing up my bed. And you know, the beds there, they're higher up. They're not like regular beds. It's a very old building and the whole area, the building itself, the area is very historical and old. And you know what? I found out that, um, yeah, you know, the, there's been a lot of wars that happened in, for hundreds of years, right? There are, I heard, beneath Paris where like five, six million Parisians are resting in the catacombs. That's kind of scary, huh, in a way? The whole scenario you're painting for us, a building built upon or near a gravesite, in that gravesite possibly being the Paris catacombs, that just spells horror movie. Yeah, honestly, like, the the paranormal and supernatural is it's been something that has interested us for years and despite it being a very terrifying unknown thing it's just something that fascinates us and we've always wanted to learn more we've watched like a whole bunch of ghost tv shows i know in san diego last time we were there there's a a haunted house known as the whaley house have you ever been there before i've been there a few times did you see anything there no i was very disappointed (laughs) oh have you been there We tried last time we were in San Diego for a trip. We tried booking, but because of the pandemic, the tours for it were closed, even though online it said it wasn't. So we couldn't, but we're hoping by the time the pandemic lifts and they do the tours again, next time we're in San Diego, we can go. But from what I'm hearing, when you say that nothing happened and you've been there a few times, I'm a little disappointed. I don't know if I want to go anymore. Yeah, Whaley House is fun. And also you see people like dressed up in those times, right? And they're giving you a tour, so that's kind of fun. I actually would, I also stayed, yeah, at the Cecil Hotel, which is also known to be haunted. That's in LA. Have you heard about that? But that's where, yeah, American Horror Story. And then that's the one where with Alyssa Lamb, correct? And it also housed a serial killer, but I forgot his name. Oh, Richard Ramirez. And then another serial killer named Jack Unterwerger. And it's also the last hotel that the Black Dahlia stayed in as well. So it's a hotel with a lot of dark history. I heard there's been over 80 deaths, like suicides and murders that occurred in that hotel over the years. Yeah, I didn't know it was haunted and all these things were happening when I stayed there over, what, 15 years ago. But when I watched the documentary, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, remember with Alyssa Graham? Wow, that was interesting and intriguing. Did you watch that documentary? I didn't. We didn't watch that documentary, but we're aware of the Elisa Lamb case because I believe that was the most recent unsolved mystery or at least like paranormal supernatural occurrence that happened at that hotel. You know, and and you know, because we're an Asian Voices Youth Radio podcast, it's not like we can't you know bring up Elisa Lamb. You know? I know it's unfortunate what happened, but uh, you know if you have if you want to learn more about her and what happened, yeah, you should definitely watch that documentary. Very well made, one of the best that I've seen. Thank you. Are you guys going to any Halloween parties? Do you have some costumes that you have you're gonna wear? Well, everyone knows all the Asian people are either gonna dress as two things. Either Squid Game characters, or they're going to be dressed in <laughs> as Shang Chi characters. No, no, in between. It's only going to be those two. Oh my god, that's so funny! And since you've watched the movie, right? And I've watched Squid Game too, so <laughs> I don't know who to choose. I'm not as 
fit as Simu Liu, so I probably won't do Shang-Chi. The Squid Game seems pretty easy, though. You need a group to go as Squid Game, though, right? As a team, right? That'll be more fun. And make maybe you can also try making that so-called Dalgona, which is in Korean. We call Bokki. It's made with basically sugar, brown sugar and water with a little bit of baking soda, which reacts with the hot sugar and aerates to form a crispy heart candy. There's so many videos on YouTube, so I don't even have to tell them how to make it. It's just a couple of ingredients that you need, and uh, it's just a technique. I know sometimes you can, it can be too soft, too hard, yeah, too sticky. So make sure you just uh, look for the perfect Korean popki or Dalgona candy on Squid Game. <laughs> mm, okay. So if anyone's throwing a Squid Game themed Halloween party, you know, you know, Miss Choi just gave you all the name of the candy you need to look up. And she told you where to find YouTube tutorials, I guess, to making those things. Speaking of Halloween parties, since you asked us earlier, I think we should probably let our viewers know or our listeners know at least our top picks of what some good horror movies, specifically of the Asian genre, that they should be watching this Halloween. I enjoy watching psychological thriller suspense horror movies. We had a big twist at the end. Yeah, if I remember correctly, there's like a horror movie called Paranormal Encounters where they're in an asylum and then they they, they actually get to leave. But then the second they, they wake up the next day and they go to the elevator, they find themselves back at the asylum. And it's kind of like it messed with them and let them think they were free. So, uh, so I know there's like a Korean horror film that is like, I guess, slasher. Have you heard about I Saw the Devil? Yes, I saw that one. Yes, I did too. It was pretty. It, that made me lose my lunch, even though I hadn't eaten that day. Uh, there's a Korean horror film that is found footage. Uh, I am so sorry to the Korean community if I mispronounce this name. Uh, it's it's called Gunjum Haunted Asylum, and I, I don't know if you heard that one. Have you? Yeah, Gunjum. Oh, did I say it wrong? <laughs> Gunjum. I said it wrong. Dang it. Okay. Uh, but that's a found footage horror film. And honestly, when I was watching it, it really did remind me a lot about Paranormal Encounters. I think what got me the most about that film was that it was found footage. You know, I think the aesthetic of watching everything from the character's point of view is what makes it more terrifying. Because if it's cinematically like every other horror movie we've seen where it, it you tell, you know, it's a story. So you're following along with the story. But with found footage, you like you're along for the you're literally along for the journey, you know. And and anytime people start be disappearing, anytime they start finding like, oh, this one scene in in, in that movie where I, I forgot the girl's name. I think her name was Charlotte. She was stuck in a room, and then you see her with a, a very dark room. You see her with a flashlight looking around, and then at one point she comes across this like naked old man, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil for anybody, but like, just the fact that out of the whole naked room, you just see that, and then it it was slowly creeping its way to her, and that scared that that made me feel so uncomfortable. It's not just ghosts or supernatural stuff in horror films that do super well. It's also classics like zombie films, which you know, a lot of them are doing good. Like Zack Snyder recently made Army of the Dead, but in American cinema, it's starting to turn into more of like. Like World War Z, Army of the Dead, 
it's more action and using zombies as an antagonist versus when you watch the Korean ones, Korean horror films are like killing it with zombie movies. There's Train to Busan, which had no right doing that ending when the father sacrificed himself. I I teared up and me and everyone I watched the movie with, we all just started like like going no you know it was just very very sad and i think recently there was hashtag alive right that one was really good it was that one got my blood pumping too it was definitely very good and i do think with asian horror films they have a certain element to them that just portrays horror in a in a way that isn't just cheap jump scares like american cinema is doing and you'll notice like with a lot of asian horror films they're being remade in American ones. And you notice that those don't like mix very well. So there has to be some component to it that, you know, American cinema is just missing that Asian cinema is just nailing, you know, speaking of Asian cinemas and horror, especially horror films. I mean, I grew up watching a lot of Korean horror films, right? Initially they were mostly about ghosts, right? And then now, and, and demons. And then now they're gravitating towards more zombie horror films. I have some of my favorite Korean horror films, but I don't really know many scary movies from other Asian cultures. If you have some recommendations, I'd love to watch a couple like any Chinese, Indian. Uh, I know one Vietnamese, the Moi, uh, which is the legend of a portrait. Korean and Japanese, they're predominantly, you know, you you see a lot of content out there on Netflix and other platforms like Ringu, The Grudge, Ju-on, you know, Ju-on, right? Ju-on means, actually, I studied some Japanese in the past. Ju-on literally means curse, grudge. Yeah, I haven't, I remember watching the original Ring, you know, the the Japanese one, not the, not the American remake for it. And I think the Japanese one was more tense, you know? American cinema relied on their special effects and their, yeah, jump scares. But with, with the Japanese version of the the ring, it definitely felt earned. It definitely f- created that tense feeling. Unfortunately, we don't really know a lot of other, I guess, other Asian horror movies other than those Korean ones. Because once again, I think I, I think Korean horror movies do really well. They really kill it in in, in terms of scaring the bejesus out of me. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. We want to again thank our guest, Miss Kathleen Choi, for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, honestly, we love talking horror movies and we love talking Halloween horror snacks with our guests. Hopefully we could do this again next year as well, you know, and maybe you'll have more Halloween horror recipe snacks for us. I will definitely come back with more spooky and tasty Halloween treats for you. And hopefully more spooky stories too, because that that friend crawling on the floor story that scared the bejesus out of me just now i probably would have punched my friend in the face <laughs> i would have punched my friend in the face too uh to learn more about miss Choi, please visit her official website kathleenchoi.com if you have any suggestions for future topics impacting our api youth we'd love to hear from you guys also be sure to subscribe as well as follow us on our facebook twitter and instagram as well as visit our website asianvoicesradio.com Until next time, I'm Jostin. And I'm Osden. And we'd like to thank you for listening today. And please join us again next time for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Youth Voices Radio episode. Take care until then, everyone. Thank you.